am I aware in this moment? A useful question to ask at any time and a question that arose during a recent episode of anxiety an enormous momentum of thoughts quite often the same set of thoughts repeating itself and amidst the the difficult physical sensations of anxiety, the chest pain, the the tightening of the chest, feeling it a compression, a pressure. There was the question, can I be present in this moment? perhaps for a few seconds that there was some space but when the presence was lost this was there was enough awareness remaining that this could be seen that there was almost an acceptance that the momentum of the thoughts and the emotional storm perhaps let's call it that something that's already in motion that's that perhaps it would need to pass through um, amidst a storm those pockets of awareness And at some point there was the acceptance that I can't be aware in this moment. And that's partly a contradiction because to be awareness is almost required. It's a part of that same ingredients to to be able to even say that, to say, oh there's you know, awareness of the lack of awareness <laughs> it can it can be contradictory and confusing at times but that even that glimmer of awareness that knows that you are lost that you are out to sea in, in a in turbulence waves of emotions, thoughts crashing just a glimmer of awareness there is perhaps it shortens the storm perhaps a storm passes through quicker than if there wasn't any at all if for instance there was the story this is happening again, I can't can't take any more 
and maybe the storm slows and suffering extends and some useful questions to to ask if if there is space that what is needed in this moment is action required is action needed so in my situation the answer was yes One of the things I did was I put on some frequency music. There is much available on YouTube and I think I typed in something like anxiety meditation music and up came a frequency music set to a frequency that helps alleviate, that helps calm. And then perhaps this question was asked again, almost automatically, and then more action. Okay, yes. Perhaps I can get some help. So in the midst of this emotional storm where thoughts continue to crash and cover up, continue to pull me in and brew this cocktail of anxiety in my mind and body. For a short time, some of these symptoms would abate, they would subside. And then just take one thought that triggers the other several thoughts and back came the the tightness in the chest, the difficult breathing, the pressured mind that felt like a balloon that it couldn't expand anymore. It was but still there was the question what action is needed so the music came and then I communicated to a family member that oh, I need some help so there was no story much that would prolong the, the symptoms, the sensations, the suffering. And then afterwards, perhaps days later, there was 
an awareness of, okay, what triggered that event? Is there a pattern that by speaking or seeing someone or by being in a certain place or doing a certain activity? And then again, is is any action needed to help with that? Whether it's getting space from somebody, having a boundary or avoiding that particular place for the time being. And again, completely free of story, the mind's favorite activity to, to narrate and create and add more, more story, more the story of me and what this person has done to me. Chapter 152, <laughs> a chronological, and it's not that you forget, it is, if it needs to be recalled, it, it, it often can be, but you're not reliving as we mentioned in the in the previous episode, the body wouldn't doesn't know the difference between something that's happened in the past and something that's happening now. It it reacts as if it you're in you know, if you're recalling a an argument from a decade ago. You're hearing the same angry voice, the angry response there seeing their facial expressions, the body will, oh, this is happening now, okay, how do I respond? Well, I'm in danger, and then, of course, you're reliving all of the emotions as if it's happening again, if it's happening now. So just a few useful questions that can be asked in, especially in a time of difficulty, a time where perhaps there is suffering, there is difficult emotions. it may be a very small action that is needed whether it's to go somewhere quietly close your eyes and just just breathe for a few minutes just perhaps looking off into the sky the vast spaciousness or being in nature, if there is trees or but something that the mind can often underestimate. The mind may say there isn't time to take ten seconds to breathe, there isn't time for a conscious breath. When surprisingly uh, 
often there is. Perhaps in the middle of the heated argument there can be a pause. I'm going to go outside for two minutes. I need space for two minutes and I'm going to go outside. And quite often the energy of presence will come through in the words. It will it will almost pierce through. And you're not arguing with somebody's pain body or their heightened emotions. There's a, a very clear, calm statement, a directive. And in some ways you may not wait for a response. You've calmly said what's needed and you take that time. take care of your own presence, your own emotions, your own suffering. And then perhaps after that few minutes you'll come back and you'll be able to not only help yourself but help the other person as well. Perhaps that two minutes that the other person resisted painfully <laughs> as you walked away, perhaps now that they haven't had a choice but to calm down but to allow this moment to be as it is oh the person I'm arguing with is not is no longer here who, who am I going to argue with and then perhaps something recedes in them when you return of course this is on the extreme example but it could be, you know, just turning your phone off for 10 minutes. <laughs> Giving yourself 10 minutes of sanity. this silence to to dissolve any thought activity there may be thoughts about oh I could have used this question last week when this and this and you may be dreaming about what happened in the past <laughs> but trust whatever is absorbed is absorbed trust that life will 
remind you when that time occurs, when, when there is an action needed, trust in life to remind you, to point out, ah, there's that question, what do I need in this moment? And this can be asked at any time. And you can ask yourself another question as well. Can I take a full conscious deep breath in this moment of course the uh, the mind will say no <laughs> and you may feel your body contracted often in very strong states difficult emotions challenging your body is often constricted you don't want the you know part of you doesn't want to relax and become at ease with this moment a big part of you wants to be angry or whatever the emotion is it it's the the egoic identity it it wants more so is ensuring that this is not being thought you're not fighting to try and relax you are stepping out so it's not even part of the equation there's nothing to fight so you may feel the body constricted and trying to force a deep breath. But the question asked in presence with awareness, it allows you to step out of that thought stream, the emotional stream. And allow yourself to truly breathe, truly get space. So just a few uh, pointers that came to me, sure questions that I've got from maybe likely one of Eckhart's videos <laughs> that arose in during that difficult time for me. So perhaps that's something that might be useful for you as well. So on we go to a new earth. It actually has a a small almost subtitle underneath that which says create a better life. Not something I noticed before. There it is. Turn on the, the lamp. Right. 
whereas the light is fading a bit sooner than as the days draw to night at an earlier time. Awakening and the outgoing movement. The natural expansion of one's life that comes with the outward movement has traditionally been unsurped, <laughs> usurped by the ego and used for its own expansion. Look what I can do. I bet you can't do that, says the small child to another as he discovers the increasing strength and abilities of his body. That is one of the ego's first attempts to enhance itself through identification with the outward movement and the concept of more than you and to strengthen itself by diminishing others. It is, of course, only the beginning of the ego's many misperceptions. However, as your awareness increases and the ego is no longer running your life, you don't have to wait for your world to shrink or collapse through old age or personal tragedy in order for you to awaken to your inner purpose. As the new consciousness is beginning to emerge on the planet, an increasing number of people no longer need to be shaken to have an awakening. They embrace the awakening process voluntarily, even while still engaged in the outward cycle of growth and expansion. When that cycle is no longer usurped by the ego, the spiritual dimension will come into this world through the outward movement, thought, speech, action, creation, as powerfully, as powerfully as through the return movement, stillness, being and dissolution of form. Until now, human intelligence, which is no more than a minute aspect of universal intelligence, has been distorted and misused by the ego. I call that intelligence in the service of madness. Splitting the atom requires great intelligence. Using that intelligence for building and stockpiling atom bombs is insane or at best extremely unintelligent. Stupidity is relatively harmless but intelligent stupidity is highly dangerous. 
disintelligent stupidity for which one could find countless obvious examples is threatening our survival as a species. Without the impairment of egoic dysfunction, our intelligence comes into full alignment with the outgoing cycle of universal intelligence and its impulse to create. We become conscious participants in the creation of form. It is not we who create, but universal intelligence that creates through us. We don't identify with what we create and so don't lose ourselves in what we do. We are learning that the act of creation may involve energy of the highest intensity, but that is not hard work or stressful. We need to understand the difference between stress and intensity as we shall see. Struggle or stress is a sign that the ego has returned, as are negative reactions when we encounter obstacles. The force behind the ego's wanting creates enemies, that is to say, reaction in the form of an opposing force equal in intensity. The stronger the ego, the stronger the sense of separateness between people. The only actions that do not cause opposing reactions are those that are aimed at the good of all. They are, they are inclusive, not exclusive. They join they don't separate. They are not for my country, but for all of humanity. Not for my religion, but the emergence of consciousness in all human beings. Not for my species, but for all sentient beings and all of nature. We are also learning that action, although necessary, is only a secondary factor in manifesting our external reality. The primary factor in creation is consciousness. No matter how active we are, how much effort we make, our state of consciousness creates our world and if there is no change on that inner level no amount of action will make any difference. We would only recreate modified versions of the same world again and again. A world that is an external reflection of the ego. And the next passage is titled Consciousness.
Consciousness is already conscious. It is the unmanifested, the eternal. The universe, however, is only gradually becoming conscious. Consciousness itself is timeless and therefore does not evolve. It was never born and does not die. When consciousness becomes the manifested universe, it appears to be subject to time and to undergo an evolutionary process. No human mind is capable of comprehending fully the reason for this process, but we can glimpse it within ourselves and become a conscious participant in it. Consciousness is the intelligence, the organising principle behind the arising of form. Consciousness has been preparing forms for millions of years so that it can express itself through them in the manifested. Although the unmanifested realm of pure consciousness could be considered another dimension, it is not separate from this dimension of form. Form and formlessness Interpenetrate The unmanifested flows into this dimension as awareness, inner space, presence. How does it do that? Through the human form that becomes conscious and thus fulfills its destiny. The human form was created for this higher purpose and millions of other forms prepared the ground for it. Consciousness incarnates into the manifested dimension, that is to say, it becomes form. When it does so, it enters a dreamlike state. Intelligence remains, but consciousness becomes unconscious of itself. It loses itself in form, becomes identified with forms. This could be described as the descent of the divine into matter. At that stage in the evolution of the universe, the entire outgoing movement takes place in that dreamlike state. Glimpses of awakening come only at the moment of the dissolution of an individual form, that is to say, death, and then begins the next incarnation the next identification with form, the next individual dream that is part of the collective dream. When the lion tears apart the body of the zebra, the consciousness that incarnated into the zebra form detaches itself 
from the dissolving form and for a brief moment awakens to its essential immortal nature as consciousness and then immediately falls back into sleep and re reincarnates into another form. When the lion becomes old and cannot hunt any more, as it draws its last breath, there is again the briefest of glimpses of an awakening, followed by another dream of form. On our planet, the human ego represents the final stage of universal sleep, the identification of consciousness with form. It was a necessary stage in the evolution of consciousness. The human brain is a highly differentiated form through which consciousness enters in this dimension. It contains approximately 100 billion nerve cells called neurons, about the same number as there are stars in our galaxy, which could be seen as a macrocosmic brain. The brain does not create consciousness but consciousness created the brain, the most complex physical form on earth for its expression. When the brain gets damaged, it does not mean you lose consciousness. It means consciousness can no longer use that form to enter this dimension. You cannot lose consciousness because it is, in essence, who you are. You can only lose something that you have, but you cannot lose something that you are. So I'm going to end the episode here at the end of this passage. Thank you for joining me. I wish you well and I will speak to you again very soon.